the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffitt, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. My name is Julian Gibb. I'm from the Harvest Foundation, and this show is entitled The Kingdom and Its Story. So what's that all about? Well, it's about how people in businesses or uh, people in churches or just plain old people like me, you know, can can serve as Jesus's hands and feet. If Jesus were here on earth, what would he be doing and what's he calling us to do in order to love our neighbor? And so today we're blessed to have uh, my new friend, whose name is Tim. So Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julian. I'm glad to be here. And so, so Tim is uh, someone that I, uh, I I found about from a friend. And uh, so uh, Tim has organized and developed and started up an organization named Titus House. And so before we go into Titus House, uh, Tim, tell us a little bit about, about yourself and your background. Well, I was uh, graduated high school and got right to work because I didn't like school, didn't want to go on. I did have a couple sports scholarships, but didn't want to go to school. So work construction, uh, eventually did go back to school for a couple of years. And um, and then had some ideas and started a business or two. And um, that was that was quite a path, kept me busy for a long time. So um, I, I did my own uh, research, as any good uh, radio interviewer should do. And um, uh, Tim's, Tim's being a little bashful, a little uh, uh, humble. Tim had a very successful uh, business career, very successful. And so um, you completed your, you, you had your business career, worked hard, was uh, very successful, and then retired. And then, uh, and, and then what? Did you just sort of sip a drink by the swimming pool uh, and just think, well, that's life. You know, this is what I'll do for the rest of my life. Well, my wife's plan was to uh, do some traveling, um, which I figured she followed me for 40 years. Um, and it was high time that we did what she wanted to do. And uh, just kind of got a little more active in the church finally you know i always had the excuse of not enough bandwidth to get too involved and uh one thing led to another and holy spirit just moved me in very strange ways to do something that i never imagined that i would ever do and um so i told my wife you know instead of the adventure of traveling i have another 
adventure in mind, but it just doesn't involve traveling. <laughs> so uh, what did it involve? Um, you know, we had a Bible study group in our in our home, and they wanted to serve someplace. So we found a kind of homeless slash uh, drug and alcohol addiction recovery place. And uh, so we went there and served a meal. Everybody loved it. But uh, I, I felt this draw to, to do more there. And so I started, uh, I, I went and served lunch, cooked lunch and served lunch. And I uh, went back the next weekend. And a year later, um, you know, just turned into a weekly event. Um, the director <clears throat> said, you know, these guys love talking with you. Would you want to lead a chapel service? Mm. Well, I was pretty nervous about that because I have no training. I've never done anything like that. But talked with my wife and we prayed about it and just knew that the Holy Spirit would lead. And so I decided, okay, fine, let's let's do one of these and then I'll get back to cooking lunch. And um after you know, it was, it was a room of a hundred and ten guys, so it was a little intimidating. And uh <laughs> The director said, hey, that was great. We'll see you next week. <laughs> so that turned into two years and just all kinds of stuff happened. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing what happens when you get to know somebody more intimately and you get to care for them and, and uh, they become a part of your heart, you know, mm. and uh, that just led me to where I am today. So before before we go there, um, so really, you, 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 I, I love what what ha- what's happened in your situation is, you know, you, you haven't sort of jumped in and go, okay, I'm going to single handedly change the world by next week. It's kind of where can I start, and what can I do, and then this has just grown and uh, grown in bandwidth, as it were, and in the number of ways that you serve. Is is this fair? It is. You know, by nature, I'm. I'm a pretty shy guy. Um, and you get the calls at church to do more, help out. And I always thought, well, they got enough people there. There's no room for me. And didn't know what I could do, how I could help. So finally, one day they called for helpers, for greeters and ushers and parking lot people. And I leaned over and told my wife, I said, I think I'm going to be a greeter. Hmm. And she said, okay. And I was, I was pretty clumsy, um, <laughs> but uh, the people were so nice. I instantly, within a few months, had so many friends. And when you get to know them, they share things. You know, my, my mom's sick. My brother's not doing good. And the Holy Spirit would say, pray with them, pray with them. And, you know, I'd, I'd deny that because I was too shy. And, and I'd regret it. And finally, I just, I listened and I did it. And it was amazing. In no no time, I was actually leading all of the greeting teams. I was training people how to be greeters. Um, that grew into starting a Bible study at home. Um, it just kept blossoming. You know, I never thought I could serve in some small way, and I could, and I made a, a big impact in those ways. So God gives us gifts that sometimes we aren't even aware of. And I think as well, you know, 
we only need like that mustard seed, don't we? And it's like if we hold it out and we offer it to God, uh, then he suddenly makes it grow into something huge, you know, uh, on occasions. You know, so as you're saying, you know, your own words, you know, so a greeter, you know, like uh, gregarious, you know, outgoing and, you know, and it's like, well, I'm shy. <laughs> you know? no. And, uh, you know, part of me doesn't really want to do it. You know, and yet suddenly you're doing it, you know, you're just stepping out in obedience and God's suddenly like, oh, boom, and off you go. People are sharing their most intimate uh, situations with you, asking for prayer, asking you to be involved in their lives. And then suddenly you're leading the whole thing. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. You know, it was, it was a scary thing, but it, it just grows naturally. God grows it in you mm. and it, it just becomes alive it's it's really amazing and i encourage people to serve in ways that they think are so insignificant because mm-hmm. once you start serving and and listening it it's amazing what he'll do and maybe that was my mistake is i said you know at one point praying you know use me use me however you see fit and uh he did and it's much, much more than I ever bargained for, but it's it's also, you know, in having all the businesses, I thought those were hard, but this is the most difficult job I've ever had, but it's it's also the most rewarding. And so, uh, you know, we're going to go into that now. What is this new job? And so Tim started off uh, uh, running a number of successful uh, organizations, uh, something I can't, can't even think how, how you would start, but... Um, all these organizations. And yet, as he said, now he's stepped out into a whole new endeavor and something which is even more challenging. So, so Tim, give it, give us some background. What about, you know, how you got into doing what you are now doing and then tell us what it is you're doing. Well, you know, started with greeting, which led to starting a Bible study group in my home, which my wife thought I was crazy. Um, and it, you know, we had 32 people, so we'd have to empty all the furniture out of the living room, <laughs> room and set up uh, chairs in there. My pastor said it's pretty much a large European church that you have going on. It's a cathedral, cathedral, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then, then serving at this homeless facility that was alcohol addiction recovery for three years, um, you know, you get to know these people intimately, and they're your friends, and you high five graduate the program and a week or two later so so many the vast majority would relapse mm-hmm. um and you know in talking to different people there why is this happening after a year program and it was because there was no good place to go and you know it, it upset me that there was no good place to go most of them are to make money and there, there's a number of good ones out there of course Um, so I don't know, just praying and praying and praying over a period of about six months, you know, I was, I was begging God, you got to do something to help these guys. And I just heard this, why don't you do something? And it, you know, I denied it, but every song on the radio after that was about you doing something. Um, and then we have service at church about you making a difference. And, you know, so it just got to the point where I couldn't deny it. And that's when I told my wife I had an adventure in mind that didn't involve traveling. And uh, 
I thought I could get money from churches and people to start it and uh, found out that that's pretty difficult. So I told her, you know, this is on us. We need to spend our retirement account on this, but God will provide. And she didn't even hesitate. She just said, yeah, let's do it. It it just, but that's her. She's just, she's so loving and supportive. And uh, here we are. Oh goodness. Four years later. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible place with some incredible guys. And maybe one of the best things, you know, you think you're doing something, your plan, but God has different plans. And people will tell me all the time, that's so wonderful what you're doing for these guys. And really, God, I think, put me there in many ways to grow me. Mm-hmm. To These guys taught me how to hug. I'm not much of a hugger, um, especially when it comes to guys. And these guys don't shake hands. They hug and they squeeze you tight. And, uh, and then they were telling me that they love me. And it was just, it was very odd to me, but they really did love me. I had that same care, but I couldn't voice it. Um, Just my, my shyness. And um, so we, we stepped out and after about eight months found a perfect property and purchased it. And then I spent six days a week for two years, remodeling all the houses has eight houses on one property. And I did, did all the work myself. And, um, you did all the reno work. I did all of it. Go to home Depot every morning, um, and load up the day's material and had to gut the houses. They were just awful. So, you know, new kitchens, new bathrooms, new flooring, new wiring, new plumbing, uh, new sheetrock and probably 75% of the house. Um, they were in bad shape, but um, they're wonderful now. It's an incredible property. Um, it's in not the best area, but not the worst area. We kind of moved to an area that we could afford and had some potential. But this property just screamed community. And, oh, man. and, and that's what it's all about there is just community. And uh, it's what, besides our Bible studies and we all go to church together. And, um, you know, that's the other incredible thing, you know, God used it to build me, but we go to church. We all wear a a blue Titus house shirt and we sit in this big group, a little intimidating, all these guys, but so many people over and over and over, they learn who we are and what we do. And they come up to me and they say, I just love these guys. You know, my grandson or my son or my daughter or my husband or, is struggling with addiction. And, and I just hope that one day they could have the smiles and, and worship the way these guys worship God. It's just so inspiring to see them. So you take these people that stood on the corner with the little street signs, and now they're, you know, inspiring people of all walks of life. And it's just, just an incredible thing how God works. I um, you're listening to the kingdom and its stories. My name is Julian Gibb and we're talking to Tim and Tim um, was a successful businessman who retired and then had the call of God to open up uh, housing for uh, people who, um, well, I'll let you explain Tim, but uh, it's called Titus house and it's a place for community. So Tim, uh, tell us, you know, succinctly what, 
what is the Titus House? Well, in the in the true sense of the recovery community, drug and alcohol recovery, it would be called sober living. But I decided I didn't want to be sober living. Um, you know, these guys live institutionally for so long, whether it be jail or whether it be multiple recovery uh, places. Um, and I don't want to do that. Oh, welcome to sober living. Um, so we just call it a men's Christian living community. Um, I treat them like men. I, I teach them how to be men, uh, all biblically based. And it's their home. And I tell them that this is your home for however long you're here. This is your home. And uh, it, it changes their attitude. It changes how they look at their self. I, I encourage them to change their story because uh, any of them, you ask them their story and it's 15 minutes of their drug life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I encourage them to make that 15 to 30 seconds of their story because at this point, they're a new creation in Christ and they should act like it, live like it, uh, and at the same time, not be ashamed of what they did. I mean, look, I never struggled with alcohol or or drugs, um, but I was addicted to plenty of other things: work, money, things, great vacations. Um, I mean, you name it, all the addictions in the world, and uh, they're just they're new. They're new people, and. And when they change their story and start talking about who they are now, they, you know, don't be ashamed of it because God's going to use it. And they run into people in church that confess, I'm, yeah, I'm really kind of struggling with alcohol right now. What should I do? Um, You know, and people come to us and say, my son, my daughter, my, my husband, whatever is struggling with it. What do I do? And uh, as prevalent as it is, it's amazing that it's a struggle to know what to do. And uh, so that actually helps these guys knowing that God is going to use them. God is going to going to help them to help others. And in a, in such a big way, it's their form of, of serving, uh, which, by the way, we just started greeting at our church, which I've wanted to do for the last three years, but um, nobody was too excited. Well, this time they were excited when I proposed it. They said, yeah, that'd be cool. They love it more than they imagined. And the people love it. And it's, it's just, it's incredible. It's to watch these guys. uh, Tim, I'm going to put words into your mouth and I want you to correct me where I go wrong. So there's this, there's this guy named Tim, and uh, he's uh, very successful in one field, uh, the business field. Uh, and then there's a whole new field, the, uh, the serving in the church field, the, the, the serving God. And Tim was just like, uh, woof, you know, that's, that's seriously hard stuff. Uh, you know, what, what can I do? Um, you got a prompt, and so you started off uh, welcoming people to the church. And then since then, the Lord has just been snowballing, as it were, just using you in greater and greater ways in order to have a, my word, not yours, a dramatic effect within people's lives, not only within the church, uh, but also people from outside of the church. 
Now, put your humble button on hold for a moment. Would that be a fair statement? Um, I think so. I think, you know, certainly it's not me because right, right. this is not something, I'm not this big, lovable, huggable guy. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm big, but I'm not, uh, I'm not the rest of it. And, you know, you run businesses and you're busy and you have everything on the line and you're nervous and you're scared. And, and uh, this, he, he brought another side of me out, but it's him working through me because I couldn't do this on my own. It'd be impossible. It's just not in me. And, and it's just his outworking and it's, it's incredible to watch um, if you, if you let him do it. What would you say to me? What would you say to someone listening now saying, um, I, I haven't got what it takes? <laughs> um, well, I didn't think I first had the money to <laughs> do it. Um, and certainly I had no plans on spending what I had worked all my life saving for. Um, you know, we, we work all our life and, and save for the last few years of our life so we can enjoy it and uh, this serving the lord in any capacity has brought more joy than anything it makes everything of this world just worthless it's it's a relationship with jesus that has gotten so deep for me in the same way that my relationship with these guys has got very very deep you know a church you greet Hey, how are you, Julian? Good to see you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, great. How are you? Oh, yeah, me too. Great, great. Well, hey, I met this guy, heard this guy on the radio, Julian. Oh, yeah, I know Julian. Well, do I? Or have I just met him? And until you get intimate is when you get to know somebody. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Until we get intimate, we can't truly know him. It's like, Hey, have you seen my phone? I can't find my phone. Have you seen my phone? Oh, there it is. And you pick it up and put it in your pocket and you stop looking for it. Because why would you continue looking for it? You found it. Mm. And I think myself and I think some other people, we're looking for something. We don't quite know what it is. And then we find it. It's Jesus. And then we stop looking. I know him. I'm good. I'm. I'm born again. And and we stop seeking. Oh, hi, Jesus. Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> and we never go have a coffee and sit down and talk. And he's, he's more than willing to. He keeps saying, hey, want to go have a coffee? And ah, no, I got too much to do. But once you get to know him intimately, just like we get to know people, everything changes. And and I think that's what it was for me. It's just getting deeper, getting to truly, truly know him. So. Because, you know, it's it, it, seeking to sort of build, uh, scratch a living, you know, in, in, the, in this world, you know, is clearly a, a good and an, an important and noble thing. But uh, as you say, it can become an idol, you know, suddenly when we, we see, you know, once you have the big house, once you have, you know, the multiple cars, once you have the trips to Paris, you know, once you have all this, I mean, did did you find yourself lacking? Did you were you still searching for for something other than than you know you'd made it to the top, but was there anything there? 
there was nothing there. You know, we all have that ladder that we're climbing or our definition of success. And it's, it's different for everybody. For some, some people, billions and billions and 20 houses, and it's not enough. They still need more. Um, my little top, you know, I, I finally got there in my estimation and I peered over and it was barren. You know, and then I had this longing. What am I missing? What you have a garage full of cars, I have all this cool stuff. We take cool vacations, and it's just so empty. And uh, it wasn't until I went deeper with Jesus. And one day I told my wife, too, poor lady, I just put her through so much. I said, You know what? I'm I'm done. And I sold everything we had, our big house and all our cars and everything. And uh, I had a pretty good watch collection. I gave it to the church. Um, it just, it got to a point where I, those things were nothing. They meant nothing to me. So we have, we have 30 seconds left, you know, and uh, I think one of the big things you said to me before was just how, you know, you're, you're out serving all the time. You're giving away your gold watches. You're doing all these things. And yet your wife turns to you and says, looks you in the eyes and says, you are my hero. Yeah. I mean, you can't buy that with, no. the, with all the gold watches in the world, you know. So, so Tim, Tim, quickly, uh, what, what's the web address of your website? It's TitusHouse.com. You've been listening to the kingdom and its stories. Whoever you are, wherever you are around the world, may the Lord bless you as you seek to serve as his hands and feet. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.